Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am your very proud host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, co-host, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Dude, I'm doing good, man. It's hard to believe. A hundred episodes. Like, you know, um, I don't know. Like, it time goes by so quickly, and we've had such fun doing the show and got to meet so many people, and uh, we're going to have a lot of them on, and we've met more than this. It's just, you know, we can only do so much. But no, this has just been really, this has just been great, man. I hope we have several hundred more in us. I think so, brother. And we, we wouldn't be here if we didn't meet Graves early on and have her help start us on this journey. Really, we, we we built this show together, like alternating back and forth, and it was really logistics that kind of changed it from a three man to three man ish unit, I should say, <laughs> to a uh, to a two person gig. Um, and uh, things have changed even further since then. We've just rolled with the punches, and the show has continued to grow. And Graves has continued to diversify her interests. So, <laughs> Graves, how are you? Guys, I'm doing great. It's great to be back here with you and uh, celebrate the 100th episode. And uh, let's just talk some baseball. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, we're still going to talk baseball. And to do that, because this show really was founded about you, we figured the best way to do this show was instead of us sitting here talking about the 100th episode and bragging on ourselves, let's have you on, the guests that made this show what it is. We're going to start with one that has something better to do in a half an hour. Josh from the Bridge to Bucktober podcast uh, is joining us here, and he's been on the podcast a couple times with us, and we always love how he digs into the stats because, quite frankly, Jim and I are too lazy to do that stuff. We'd rather just talk old Josh? school, old guy eye stuff. Josh is good, man. Like, if I, like, no, I'm serious, dude. Like, you, you, you bring the, you bring that in-depth analysis part of it to it, and um, I just really appreciate that because it makes me more knowledgeable. And I think, I think Gary and Grays would agree that, like, th- those are, if you're not paying attention to that stuff today, then you are going to be left in the dust. I agree, except for when he makes us look bad, which is like every time <laughs> well, on the episode, you know. You know. Everybody's like, Where, well, you guys should have that smart guy on again. <laughs> I know it all starts with me trying to look up the stats to back up my old school beliefs. So, <laughs> you know, we're not too far away here. <laughs> so how you been, Josh? You want to talk about the show a little bit or do you got a topic for us to discuss? I could do a little bit of both. Um, we started Bridge to Bucktober back in February of 21. I think you guys were September was the first one I could find. But we've met a lot of really cool people. You two and three are, are really among the top of of all those people that we've met. It's been really cool to get to know you guys and run into you at Pirate Games. Uh, Gary and Jim, both of you have been on our show, filling in for Jake or with Jake, one or, one or the other. But um, it's a good time and uh, met a lot of good people. And so before we we got in here, and uh we were all kind of chatting and i had a different hat on but you you everybody was talking about this logo and i was like i gotta switch hats this is the logo for today (laughs) great logo (laughs) it is so yeah i got a little uh i got a little topic for you 
And I went ahead and did a little digging and did some stats for you. <laughs> nice. I don't want to say I told you so because it's not long enough yet. But, and you know what? You have another guest on here today who also could say the same thing because he wrote an article about it, Michael. But Key Brian Hayes, that expected batting average stuff, um, it's, it's turning out to be a little good right now. And uh, so some of the numbers on balls hit over 90 miles an hour, expected batting average before August 1st was 417, and he was hitting 372 on those, which is a 45-point difference. There he is. Might and as well bring Michael in so he can defend himself. Might as well, because he's going <laughs> to want to talk about it, too. He knows a thing or two about it. And since I think he he's going to back up my... Go ahead. Go for it. I'm driving anyway. <laughs> <laughs> since he came off the IL, the expected batting average of 424, and he's hitting 469, a plus... 45 difference, which is just the complete opposite. Now those are over 90 miles per hour at mile per hour hits. So it's completely like it evens itself out. And I think that's the point of the expected batting average and why I think some of us have made the case for this sort of thing to happen. Overall, expected batting average of 270, he was hitting 252. And since, uh, since he came back, it's an expected of 309. He's hitting 314. That's overall, uh, not just the 90 plus, yeah. but now that's a smaller sample, the, the second, right? Sure. But I just thought on balls over 90, 90 and above, it was the exact difference. It was minus 45 prior and plus 45 cents. And so I just thought that was uh, pretty interesting and does prove a point that uh, a few of us have made, right? <laughs> Killer stuff, man, for real. That's, that's yeah. what makes Josh, Josh right there. <laughs> It's awesome. And I think I would add to that only one little thing. He is getting the bat head out in front of the ball a little bit better too. And I, I do think that makes a difference because the pull side for him has not been an open door. So getting that opened up really makes him an all fields hitter. He's a lot harder to defend. So I think you kind of make your own luck to a degree in baseball with some of that stuff. And I think we're starting to see some of those dividends. Yeah, I think when you get when when you talk about where if you're letting that ball get too deep on you in the in, you know when you're when you're swinging, um, one you're only taking advantage of half the field. Two, uh, you're not the ball's not going to play the same as if when you're pulling it. So it's just. What we, what, what we want to do with Key Brian is, is we need to find the happy medium here. We keep talking about this over here and this over here, and we, we, we just need him to be above average offensively combined with the defense. You've got yourself a hell of a ball player. We just have to get to that point, and maybe that's, maybe that's something that you know these numbers are saying that he can get to. Well, and, and, and I want to point out, too, his, his dad was just in town. So I wonder how much uh, impact he had on the whole, you know, on, on what we're seeing from Q. Brian, because, uh, yeah, if we see this Q. Brian Hayes, we're, we're in for, uh, for something special. It's certainly been something to see. But, Josh, hey, great seeing you, man. Have fun at softball and everything. And Don't if you're not listening to it, listen to uh, Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Good stuff. Um, Josh, I think, is an important part of this community. I hope everybody is embracing him the way he should be. 
Appreciate that. Appreciate it, buddy. See you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Later. So, Michael, you're the only one that didn't get to talk. You wrote about this before. (laughs) Do you feel the same way Josh does that, like, you're starting to see those dividends pay? Or do you think it's something else, like a swing change mechanically? Well, I've been a key lever for a long time. His exit velocity (laughs) numbers have always been really strong. He has done a he's he's been. He's kind of become our new Josh Bell because Bell would always change his swing and, and be like constantly tweaking it. So he added the toe tap earlier this season, wasn't getting the results, two injured listings, came back. And ever since the Brave series, he's hitting like, I think, over 500 since the start of the Brave series, which he didn't even play the first game. So um, he's just been crushing the ball. They were talking, uh, I think it was Caps on the broadcast the other day how he's um, timing it up so much better. So you'll see him pulling the off-speed stuff and he'll be hitting like to dead center the fastball. I think like two of the home runs he hit this past week were on the fastball and it was just like a bomb out of there. He's just getting his timing down and it was like two times that we've seen him in the past few days with where he's just like completely missing. Other than that, like he's looking like a very complete player. And like Jim was saying, we don't need him to be like Nolan Arenado offensive production because he's got the Arenado glove. We just need him to be at or above average. And in the past week, he's and I don't have, you know, I'm driving. I'm in my car. um, So I don't have the stats in front of me. But his OPS plus on the season has gone over 100. It's at like 102, 103. So he's back on the productive end of performance offensively with the gold glove caliber defense hey we have to take a quick break let's come back let's uh, pick up with michael let him have his little introduction too and then we'll bring in the next guest as well DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Before we get to Michael, I should just go ahead and point out, if you are watching this show and somehow haven't heard, I'd be surprised, but DK Pittsburgh Sports is completely free now. You don't even need a subscription. You can read everything that's up there. They have not taken any of the coverage away, but now it's free. So you can share it around with people if you were subscribed already and not have to worry that they can't read it and vice versa. Good stuff. Check it out. The app was always free, but now the app won't be just uh, looking at some cool headlines and wishing you could read stuff. Now you'll actually be able to and, read the stuff. And, and it is really good content. Too. It's good content. Yep. I mean, that's what we're all looking for. That's why we all do what we do, because good content is needed. Right. So, Michael, you have been on the show a couple times, a um, couple times real quick back to back, actually, because I enjoyed having you so yeah. much the first time. <laughs> um 
why don't you just uh, talk about the show a little bit? Talk about your own show, Double Play Four One Two Double Play Podcast, and sure. bring up a topic. Man, I I love coming on the show. You guys cover a lot of different topics, uh, and you're not you you're not sugarcoating it. And that's sometimes with uh, things that we do on our podcast, or Josh does on Bridge to October, which I really enjoy as well. Um, it, it's just part of this great community of pirates podcasters. And some of us are outside of the area. Um, Ethan, who does lockdown pirates is down in Georgia and we write with him. I'm on the east side of the state. So it's a really cool way that we're all able to connect through these podcasts and be able to talk about something that we all enjoy and appreciate. It's awesome, man. And you got, you know, your show, I think it's a, one of the better recap shows out there because uh you tend to always find little nuggets that i wasn't really picking up from the box score so it, it's just cool to, to listen to what's your topic man what do you want to talk about buckos wise today dude henry davis i feel like is he starting to press too much because he's been batting like 160 over the past couple weeks he's had a couple stretches where he's looked good at the plate but that hasn't been in a while is there something that we should be concerned about with him? Graves. Uh, Graves. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think we need to be, uh, be worried. Um, I think he's got a lot on his plate. I mean, he's learning a new position in right field. Uh, he's still learning how to catch, you know, on, on, on the sidelines and, and, and yet we're still expecting him to hit. So I, I, I don't think we should be worried. But I also think that there needs to be some adjustments. Either, you know, let's get him out of right field. Let's get him behind the home home plate. Let's see what he can do back there. Just kind of lessen what we're expecting out of him. And, you know, it's easy to blame Andy Haynes for, for his drop in hitting. But I think I think it goes beyond that. That is, his plate is just way too full at the moment, and we're expecting too much out of the kid. I mean, he's he, he's young. Yeah, Jim, this is unfair for me. I just read about this yesterday, so I'll go last. Okay. Look, I, I think um, Henry's probably the one I'm the least worried about. I, I got to be honest with you. I I I think this is just this is that time where. Sometimes you just have to push through and grind a little bit at the plate until you can get your bearings back. And I think that, you know, you see that, hey, you see that with veterans, let alone guys that are, uh, you know, he's in his third different stop this year. He's played a lot of baseball. Uh, He's getting pitched a little differently now. Um, I think he's probably pressing a little bit at the plate, uh, especially when guys are on base, he, 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 he feels that need to, you know, he wants to produce and, and he knows he can. Um, so for me, I, I just think this is, this is typical. I, 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 I wouldn't look at it as anything other than that. And I think he'll, I think he'll be respond. Henry's never going to be the sexiest guy at the plate. He's just not, I mean, he's just, you know, he, he, he goes up there looking to, to bludgeon the baseball and he, he, he can do that. But my it, wife disagrees, but well, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Let me restate that as a male watching his baseball swing, he's not the sexiest guy, but uh, I think you guys know what I'm saying is like the effort's going to be there. I think yeah. the results will be there. I'm not that worried about it guys. 
I mean, a couple of things I have to say here, and we're going to introduce Douglas Ford here to um, let him comment on Henry before we move on to the next topic with him and everything. Uh, Henry, the book on him used to be to get him out, throw him inside. That's what happened to him in the minors. That's why I got hit with baseball so often. He hung over the plate. They threw it inside to crowd him. Well, to counter that, he started catching up with that fastball that they would try to throw inside, and he was hitting it a long way. Well, when he got to the majors, that got discovered pretty quickly. And they started throwing him the sliders away, which is kryptonite for some right-handed hitters, especially young ones. Factor in that, and every day before games, he's practicing catching and right field and taking batting practice. And and practicing how to do the scouting reports with the catching group, and right. and learning how to hit major league pitching. That's it's a lot. That's what. And the people that want to just throw him over at first base right now, I'm I'm like, are you sure you really want to add another thing to his plate? I mean, like, I don't think right now anything else needs added to him. And you're right. I'm not worried overall, but for this year, I do think that it's fair to start wondering if it's productive for him you know maybe if you're not going to let him catch this year just stop having him practice it right now move that to the off season focus on the outfield let him kind of narrow his focus a little bit and move on with life but dog anything you got on henry davis um yeah i think i mean it's pretty well documented um on Henry that he's really tough on himself, that he, you know, he works too hard. He puts a lot of pressure on himself. And and I think when you add in the fact that now he's making sort of a glaring error, some sort of mistake, almost every game in right field, that it's sort of been announced to the fan base that he's not a catcher. Um, th- this kind of, he's internalizing this. And then I think he's probably bringing it to the plate with him. Um, and, and let me quickly say congratulations on 100 episodes. I am grateful that I found this community. I am down here in the uh, central Alabama area, and I don't get to talk pirate baseball with anybody unless I want to make them <laughs> run off really quick, <laughs> which comes in handy. You know? Yeah, yeah you've become a whole <laughs> spinoff star now. You're over there for North yeah. Shore Nine. I mean, yeah, yeah, I a lot of fun it, doing the post games with, with, uh, with North Shore Nine. Um, I'm actually on like a five or six game win streak with that. So uh, who knows? Maybe I got some good juju going, but uh, I I love your show. I listen every week. Um, You are exactly what you say you are. You're fair pirates coverage. Um, You're not, as Michael said, you're not sugarcoating, um, but you're also not, you know, everybody sucks and everything's terrible and woe is me, that sort of thing. And and I really enjoy that. Um, My my topic, and this actually kind of the Henry Davis topic leads me into it. Because I think the Pirates have handled him 100% wrong. I think they've known from the outset, or at least this season, that he wasn't going to catch. Then why wasn't he getting more reps in right field? And I do believe he should be in right field. I mean, he created a double play, just the threat of his arm against the uh, Phillies. Bryce Harper, you know, started, you know, he had thrown Bryce Harper out at second. And then the following game, I think Bryce Harper has come around third, put on the brakes, and then they got into some, you know, some something kind of thing that usually happens to the pirates, you know? So that arm is, is special. And uh, I wouldn't want to truly wouldn't want to waste that at first base, but what's your confidence level in Ben Sherrington at this point? Um, Well, it seems like we (laughs) We should probably say goodbye to Michael first before we do that. So Michael, (laughs) thank you again. Listen to his podcast, four, one, two, double clay podcast. 
anywhere that you find fine podcasts. Thanks for joining us, brother. Thanks. No problem. Congrats. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye. Truth. What's my confidence level in Ben Charrington? First of all, Doug, Doug makes it seem like we have a four-hour podcast. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, this is my quick one-off, one-minute question. It is a fair question. It really is. I, I just don't know that we're going to learn from one player what our confidence level should be. This offseason, I think, is going to be very informative as far as basically how they handle building around what they believe to be a core. Let's see what they do. I mean, if he flubs this, then yeah, I think my confidence level will be very shaken. As far as Henry Davis, I don't think they had any belief whatsoever that his bat was going to force its way onto the major league roster this year in any kind of meaningful way. That's a fair point. So when we talk Mm -hmm. about like, why wasn't he doing, I, I think right field was a last resort. Like we have to do something with him. He can't catch up here. Not yet. Here's what we got. But, but but we need his bat, you know? So yeah. yeah. So they brought him up and they had to put him somewhere. I, I mean, that's where I fall on, on it. So I kind of don't let it lead into Ben Charrington all that much, but I, I definitely see it. I just think this was a flat foot thing, almost like uh, Ortiz was last year. I don't think they expected him to jump all the way from high A to the majors last year. You know, it's just once he started rising and you realize like, whoa, we're going to have to protect this guy in the roll five. Um, we better go ahead and just move him up here and see what he can do. We have a need anyway. I, I just think it kind of forced your hand a little bit. I know for a fact, I mean, verifiable fact, they didn't want to call up Clint Priester, but they did it anyway. You know, like, yeah, I, I never thought he'd make it up this year. I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, September maybe, but mm-hmm. um, uh, and I, you know, I, I think you know it's a fair question. Could they have maybe gotten him some more work in in right field? They already did know they had two catchers. I mean, but you still want him to be developing as a catcher. They can't. You just don't want to stop that when clearly he he still needs that even in the minors. I, my guess is that they had hoped that it would be a little bit smoother of a transition for him and right um that it, but man that ball seems to find you doesn't it like it, it just seems to find you and uh uh i think he'll be okay um will he ever be anything great in the outfield if that's where he ends up i i don't know but he's got a big arm I think he'll get used to playing in the outfield. I think he'll get used to going on balls back to the wall, uh, which, you know, has given him a little bit of trouble. And he can work on angles and things of that nature, which has been a little bit of an adventure too. Um, But yeah, I think, Doug, I think at its core, it's a fair question of could they have helped him a little bit earlier in that process? I think that's fair. I agree with all of that. Let's introduce our next guest. It's somebody that you guys talk to a lot. Pirates <laughs> Queen Banshee has joined us. How are you? How are you? Oh, I came prepared. Hold on. This is a busy person. <laughs> Happy there, you go. there you go. So uh, what do you think about Dougie Fresh's question here? He asked, do you have confidence in Ben Charrington based on the handling and onboarding of Henry Davis? Do I have a choice? (laughs) You do not. (laughs) Uh, 
when it comes to Henry Davis? I'm not sure. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not sure. No, I mean, that's the fairest answer you could possibly have for it. I mean, how, how could you know really right now? You can't. In, in all sincerity. But, Doug, the point stands that you brought up, brother. It's... Uh, it's definitely not ideal the way that it's been that he's been onboarded and how it shakes out remains to be seen, but it's clear that Andy is very much further ahead of, of Henry. That said, if he doesn't solve this pass ball, wild pitch problem <laughs> soon, that's going to leave a crack for Henry, isn't it? And it's not as though they don't need a first baseman. So. <laughs> we're going to have Henry and Andy up here. And soon we're going to be crying to get Abraham Gutierrez up here. Because, yeah. you know, as we need a defender. So, so Dougie, hey, we're going to wave goodbye to you. But say, um, see Dougie doing the uh, post-game shows on North Shore 9 every once in a while. And now that we know that his technology is all set up, because yes. Jim, Jim and I are such wizards at it. <laughs> experts i like to call myself but we'll have we'll have dougie fresh back on the show here real soon okay. Okay. congratulations again and please have me back for the thousandth episode all right at oh, least dude. you know by then all right all right absolutely sir all, all right. right talk to you soon bye doug all right so pirates queen banshee how are you Hi. Um, you have oh. called this show chicken soup for the pirates fans soul in the past I, oh <laughs> Oh, God. So I know you like it. What I pirate do. topic do you want to talk about? I want to tell you. Were, uh, so you were watching Skeens, right? Mm -hmm. You got to see him. Oh, pitch. yeah. So mm -hmm. my question was, um, when it comes to developing, what do you think the pirates are going to be keeping? Where are they going to be tweaking? What are they going to be adding? And where are they going to be throwing away? Mm. I just read about this today a little bit, actually. Um, and there, there's a couple of pros scouts that are already on the record saying just stand back and don't do anything mm -hmm. just let him move up through and mm -hmm. and don't tweak um i find that difficult to believe because <laughs> it always has to happen but he has mm -hmm. all the earmarks of a kid who really could just fly through um i think uh in this market they should probably be tried and quartered if they were to um, bring him up before his uh, extra year of eligibility was accrued next year. But anytime after that, I'm game. I, th I think the kid's probably good enough to give a shot right away. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, you know, um, I hadn't seen any. I saw him pitch, obviously. Uh, I did not see anybody talking about the feedback from it or whatever, like you mentioned, but that was my first thought whenever you talked about a guy like this is, you know, um, sometimes I think you don't want to mess around too much with a guy that just looks like he can pitch now in the majors and probably be pretty decent at it right away. I think you do maybe little small tweaks. Gary, you mentioned something about watching him pitch and him kind of moving on the rubbers, depending on what kind yeah. of uh, guy, a lefty or a righty. But man, I don't think you take a guy like Paul Skeens and, and uh, try to get under the hood and fix a lot. I think you, I think you let him, 
let him cook, as the kids say. It was weird to say the least. Um, the the yeah. on the rubber thing, but apparently that's just something I didn't notice that he was doing in college. Oh, so. he was. And go, and go, yeah, yeah. I never really looked at that before, but I could see somebody maybe finding some way to to turn that into tipping. We'll see what what that hap- does at the major league level. But hmm. regardless of that, Graves, I think the one big thing that that the uh, Paul Skeen's naysayers were talking about before the draft was that his fastball didn't move enough, you know, and 15 inches of break is, is quite a bit for 102 mile an hour pitch. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think I was pretty happy with the movement. I saw at least <laughs> I, I, I was, I was impressed as well. I mean, you know, and he, he what threw anywhere between like 88, 85 and, and, and a hundred and, and uh, was throwing all of his pitches. I thought he looked great. I, I was really in piqued my interest when he was moving so far around on that rubber. I yeah. never, I had never seen that much before by anybody, but I think, you know, even today he, he has shown his maturity and saying, you know, because the Pirates offered him the chance, hey, do you want to hit and pitch? And he's like, no, I just want to concentrate on pitching. So I think he's he's already showing his maturity and, you know, not trying to be Superman out there. But I thought I thought he looked great. I mean, you know, through an inning. So, you know, very small sample size. But I, I was impressed. When a, guy's so, when a guy's so talented, they have to be nitpicky. Yeah. Find yeah, something. Yeah. Anything. Right. And that's, great. <laughs> and that's what yeah. I think. And that's what I think you're seeing now a little bit too is like uh, people are, are going to nitpick and overanalyze everything. And I don't know if it's a, you know, these types of guys don't come around all that often in drafts. And like, I don't know if the younger fan base really truly knows that like, um, when you're talking about the Strasburgs of the world and the Mark Priors of the world and those types of arms, um, he's not a normal prospect. And so like, I, I just, I wonder if people are realizing is like, yeah, just watch just, and go watch him go. You got to watch the stuff. You got to see what it looks like. If you are just like, on Twitter and looking at things. No, you got to watch the guy. And when you watch him, man, it's different. It is different. So let's welcome in Sean Connolly from down in Texas, the good, the great state of hey, Texas. Hey, Sean. Hello. We got, we got people from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, dude, that's the beauty of what we're doing here, man. Like the community is countrywide. And, and, it, it speaks to how well to, you guys are it doing. It doesn't even respect that. We've got people over in England that reach out to <laughs> us, man. That's good. So it's cool. In Mexico and Venezuela, we've had somebody yeah. on from. I mean, we've we've had so much um, reach, and it's it's really cool. And I think we owe that to DK, honestly. Uh, the, the platform has really set us up for that. And it's been awesome. So Pirates Queen, I just want to thank you again for making time for us because you have been super busy making Halloween stuff and oh doing your normal Spe- work. Speaking of, am I allowed to talk to you about a fundraiser we're doing? Sure, why not? Everybody? Okay. So earlier I was at the uh, Bill Mazeroski Miracle Field. Uh, it needs resurfaced. And so uh, we are helping to promote a fundraiser. Uh, and how we're doing that is we're selling uh, is uh, DC for all custom tees is doing hoodies and shirts. So this is one of them. 
So, All right. Nice. Yeah. So, um, DC for All Custom Tees is donating $5 for each and every t-shirt and or hoodie sold with the spooky season bucko image on it. Uh, also, Scrivener and I are donating a dollar for the first 100, 100 items sold. And uh, the fundraiser, fundraiser goes through October 31st. Um, these t-shirts are printed to order. This is not Amazon. So expect uh, allow seven to 10 business days for shipping. Uh, shirts start at $19.99. Hoodies at $32.99. My shirt's a premium, so it's $23. So this one starts at $23. Of course your shirt's a premium. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> because it comes, the gold only comes in premium. And I had to have it in gold because I love what it looks like in gold. So again, DC4LCustomTees.com is donating $5 for each and every t-shirt and or hoodie sold with the spooky season bucko on it. All you can awesome. do is go to their website, type in the search spooky, and you'll get all the all the info there. Very and I just, good. And I just and all that go on uh, so the donations are going to the Bill Mazarowski Miracle Field. Needs resurfaced and, they, and they're part of uh Miracle Field of Western Pennsylvania. Awesome. I volunteered uh, down at the Miracle League myself. So definitely awesome. do so it's a great charity. Very and, good. Uh, and, and, go ahead. Go ahead. No go ahead. I just want to say, the re- um, I love your show, and the reason why I love your show is because you aren't gatekeepers. A lot of these, t- a lot of times when you come to these shows, you expect fans to be also experts, and that's and and for some very odd reason, that's just not going to be allow people to come in and actually t- and actually talk. So I'm um, thank you for being so personable. Thank you for not being judgmental. You don't expect everyone to know every single thing about the game because they're fans. Fans aren't really supposed to, you know, they're supposed to have fun. You can know, you could, you don't have to know everything about the game to enjoy it. You don't have to. And that's why you guys are so welcoming. Well, let me me just throw a compliment your way and Scrivener's way, because I see you guys at games all the time. You're great with kids. They always want to come up and take pictures with you. You're great with my son. Um, you just add a cool energy and vibe to the Pirate Games. And uh, I can't wait till um, uh, hopefully that th- this team starts putting uh, it all together mm-hmm. because um, you're going to be right in the thick of it. And oh, it's, it'll, yeah. be, it'll, be, it'll be cool to see. Oh, yep. it'll be cool. Yeah. Th- thank you so much. All right. And so let, tell, ben and, tell Ben and Chris we said hi. I will. My <laughs> queen, in case you all didn't right. write down hi, all queen. that stuff she told you, go to her Twitter site and follow it's her. It's going to be on she'll, there. She'll yep. tell you that stuff. I'll all right. post it all. Yep. Bye, Talk guys. Let's go. All right. Bye. All right, Mr. Connolly. How are you, brother? Uh, not too bad. You're scaring me. I have to follow uh, the pirate queen. I don't know how, what I can do. To, this you got a murderer's row today, brother. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the NFL films of um, Ray Lewis getting announced in the tunnel coming out in, for before a game, and he goes through his whole spiel of like the dancing and the fireworks, and then they announce Brian Billick afterwards, and he looks at the <laughs> camera and he goes, "How in the hell am I supposed to follow all that?" <laughs> so yeah uh yeah sorry about that That's no, awesome. no so sean you've been on the show a couple times too um how you been first of all it's been a while and what do you think of the show what topic do you want to talk about so doing well i know i live down here in texas but i was born in pittsburgh i spent my high school years uh in pittsburgh and grew up there so i am uh Definitely a, a yinzer, even though I'm not there now, just like most folks. Uh, as far as what I think about the show, I, I love it. I think just to 
parrot a lot of the other people. <laughs> they, uh-huh. uh, it, it's very, yeah, I know. Uh, it's, it's a very realistic uh, look at the pirates. I think that's what you guys bring to it. Um, nobody on the show is going to sit here and say, well, man, like, why didn't we sign Aaron Judge last year? Uh, <laughs> we know that's, uh, that's not a realistic expectation. Um, you guys try to keep it together like that. So that's what I really enjoy about the show. And uh, you let folks like me on there for some reason. So I think, you know, we, you know what you're people talking like about. You are the point, Sean. Like, I again, like the queen just said it. We don't want experts we want people that just watch the team i want to know what mm-hmm. fans feel like that's what this show's about mm-hmm. i mean yeah i'm i'm not gonna treat like uh information like like i'm not aware of it because i am following it that closely but i don't expect the guests to be like that and i don't want them to be honestly that would be boring it'd be like talking to robots so what do you want to talk about with the pirates brother well, you guys touched on it a little bit. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about Ben Sherrington. Uh, what I would like to hear is from, well, first, let me also say this. Congratulations on the 100th episode. A lot of podcasts, most YouTube shows, channels, they don't last past four episodes. Here you are at 100 and going strong. You're just, you just keep building and keep going higher. So I really love that. Thanks, uh, But as far as what I want to talk about is... Another aspect of what I like about the show is you try to jump the guests and give them something a little bit uh, different. And that's what you're doing here again. And my jump you question is if you guys were GM for a day, you can't add to payroll. What would you change? Graves, you want to start? Wow. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll dig into this one. Um, I, uh, first of all, right now, if I were the GM for a day, I would, uh, I would, uh, Sit uh, Andrew McCutcheon for about 10 days. Let him heal up. Let him rest up because uh, I'm very much into him getting his uh, his 300th home run, his uh, 50th triple of his career. I want him to get to 2,000 career games. He's like eight away right now. I want, I want him to reach those, but I think he's just – I think he needs a little bit of a break, and I would not be opposed to seeing somebody else take over that DH spot for, for the time being see what they can do. And just, uh, you know, I, I love having Andrew McCutcheon here. I think he's great. He's great for the clubhouse. He's great for this team, but, and let's get him out of hitting number three. Let's put him back leading off. You know, I think he's better off leading off. I would agree with that. It it is the one thing with him that has, he can still get, he can still get on base with the walks. Everything else is kind of, you know, really kind of fallen off a bit. Um, yeah, I, Graves, I think those are, those are good points. I, I said the other day, I thought, I thought he should be playing less. I think it's created a little bit of a log jam. It would be nice to get maybe Henry some at bats at DH, maybe just to kind of ease, ease what's going on there and give him yeah. a, a real break. Um, just let him go up there and try to hit. It's not, it's not that simple. DH is still tough. Um, but back to, back to the original question is if you, if you can add the payroll, what else would you do? Man, that is so tough because I think we are getting to the point where if we, if they do not, and I've been starting to harp on this more about this off season coming up, that they are going to have to do this and add and, and start bumping up the payroll some. 
Now, what that is, what the numbers are, I, I'm not sure, but it, it's, it's getting to be that time and you know where the holes are and you know where that stuff is. So, um, other than that, I think they're doing everything they can internally. I don't know if it's, it's the right approach, but I think they're doing what they can internally, but to, that can only get you so far. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I was to do one thing, it would be to um, reinstitute the aggressive running a game that they were doing mm-hmm. early on in the season. Um, and I realized that Juwan Bay was a big component of that, but they still have a lot of speed. It's not as though Pagaro is slow. It's not as though Henry Davis is slow. I'd like to get see them get back to forcing the action a little bit. I think um, seeing a little bit more of 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 pushing the action can probably maximize what what these kids do best but i mean short of payroll yeah there's there isn't much and maybe a little bit of a change in aggressiveness at the plate jumping on some things more early in the count but they're married to something right now that you know sure we've got eric now the long beards on with us and uh, eric what are your thoughts on that if you didn't if you could uh do one change to the team without adding the payroll as a GM, what would you do? I'd probably deduct from payroll. I'd start. <laughs> I, I, I'd, uh, oh my God. Well, <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd probably start with the hitting coach and uh, I'd probably evaluate the rest of them too. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go coaching because I felt like it was low hanging fruit, but it's certainly there. You know, I, I don't know how you avoid it. And, and I kind of, made a pledge to myself that I was so tired of talking about Andy Haynes. I just couldn't do it anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but to me, he's the most pressing. Um, I guess I've just, I've eaten so much that I know Shelton's going to come back next year. I'm just not going to waste any energy on it. I know he is. I know he's going to get a shot with these kids and, and what they consider to be a core. I, I can't even sit here and tell you it's wrong, but, I can tell you I haven't really seen enough to feel it's right either yet. Um, Sean, great topic, brother. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. No, I'm thank you. Goodbye to you and take a quick break because I still have bills to pay. You know, Keep I mean, representing out there, Sean. <laughs> that yes, will do. Yeah, we should. You should give us a quick yeehaw from down there in Texas. Or <laughs> uh, I can't. You do didn't that adopt down that down <laughs> there. Like, I, no ten gallon hat. No. My wife's from Baton Rouge. She does all that for me. So you can, oh, you yeah. like there's a snake in my boot type thing. I mean, like, <laughs> no, I don't do right, that. <laughs> Talk to you later. Have fun watching the Astros win it again down there. I'll do my best. Thanks. Uh, All right. Bye-bye. All right. Break time, everybody. And then we'll be right back to the Pirates Fan Farm. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects.
All right, we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We're talking with Eric Longbeards. Graves is with us. Jim's with us. It's the 100th episode. We're having a good time. We're working through guests. We've still got three more in the chat, and I do see that Yark looks upset. We've pulled him away from his family for 45 minutes already, and normally that's cool, but we're not an in-law, so... I'm going to have to get to him pretty quick. York, York always has something going on. He should be used to this. York is a legend, and he's been making the rounds on, on podcasts lately, so he ought to be used to this whole green room diva treatment. So, Eric, uh, talk about the show a little bit, if you'd like, and if not, just give us a topic to talk about, brother. Well, first off, you know, congratulations on 100 episodes. It's a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, I love the show. It's a... Uh, Nice hearing knowledgeable, thought out, not just off the cuff stuff, you know, really enjoy it, guys. You guys are doing great. They don't know how some of our episodes came together, Jim. I mean, I've called Jim like five minutes before the show and he's like, what are we talking about? I'm like, I don't know. Just jump on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When all else fails, Gary and I just talk. And so, you know, um, sometimes that gets us by. But um, we no, did man, one like, once where I was driving home from North Carolina. It was this was like, oh, it must have been like four o'clock or something. And I go, Jim, we got to record an episode like tonight because like my equipment failed on vacation. And I'm like, Jim, we got to record tonight. And Jim jumps on, he drops everything, jumps on. We did like this quick 45 minute down and dirty episode, and it was like our highest rated one ever. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. So what do you want to talk about there, more often? (laughs) Well, I want to bring up something you guys just discussed here a few minutes ago. It was something you had asked a question uh, last time I was on, and it was about Andrew McCutcheon. And I may have changed my tune on him. Um, You may have seen some stats thrown around. I saw some stuff on Twitter the other day. Um, Since July 1st. It's been rough. And I, I know there's injury issues. Um, he's probably they, they playing more than he needs to. To be fair, they claim there isn't. So, yeah, he didn't. He, he didn't seem to get from third to home too well yesterday. Uh, in my all, eyes, all that being true, every observable <laughs> being true, they claim and he claims nothing is wrong. OK, well, then if that's if that's true, you know, since June 1st, or July 1st, his strikeout rate has almost doubled. His batting average is like nothing. What I have it wrote down here uh, somewhere. He's batting 158. He's slugging 189. Um, zero home runs. Hey, that's Austin Hedges' numbers. Shouldn't we be right? We should be, and we booed him. But I guess my question with it is, is, is there, is there a spot on the roster for him next year? Because like you had said before, you know, that DH spot looks like some other people could maybe fill it. I think I just texted Jim this the other day. Um, You did. And I was like, listen, man, everything in me is telling me cuts should not be on this team next year because we need the DH spot for other guys. Bats. And I, you know, and, and they're not using him in the outfield and, and you know, things are, are going awry here, but I can't say it publicly. <laughs> and now you've kind of just forced me to say it. publicly. <laughs> I think he's going to be back. I want him back. My problem is I don't trust Eric Shelton to use him properly. 
And and that's not me just trying to be jaded about Derek Shelton. I'm just actively witnessing him not using him properly. He doesn't need to be playing almost every day. At this age, I think a little bit more rest. You get peak cutch when you actually play him. He is drawing a lot of walks. He is hitting singles every now and then. But And he's getting on base. Problem is, they're batting him third. The only thing he's doing is getting to first base. Lead him off. You got Cabrian Hayes going absolute full hammer and Hank right now. You want him batting yeah. down there. You don't like use the sweet, sweet bat that you've got right now and move McCutcheon up to lead off. And, and at that, don't feel compelled to use him every single day. Graves, tell me, tell me what you think, because I know you, I know you, you love, right? You know, I, this, I, this is hard for Pirate fans. But I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say about it. It, it. It's a difficult situation because, on one hand, you have Derek Shelton, and we've seen it the last two years. He will not use a rookie or a sophomore as a DH. He wants veterans in there, and we've seen it. You know, this year with Kutch and Choi and Reynolds and and uh, and Joe. I mean, those have basically been our DHs this year. Um, so on, on that side of it, you know, bringing Kutch back for next year, it makes sense. But that's also why I'm not opposed to let's see Miguel Andohar. He has some ex- experience DHing in the minor leagues. Let's get him up here. Let's see if he's an option. Let's see if his stats in AAA will translate up here. Would you know? Would he be an option? You know, if if Andrew McCutcheon wakes up in December and says, you know, I think I'm just done. I can't produce the way I want to produce. What are we going to do? It's not going to be Henry Davis DHing. It's not going to be the kids DHing. And I and if we've already got us buy two starting pitchers and a first baseman, they're not going to buy DH. So I'm I'm just you know trying to think outside the box and. And looking ahead towards next year, on 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 the possibilities. And we're uh, bringing in Brandon Richards now. Uh, you guys remember him? He's been on the show before. He's a school teacher, good dude. Um, I'm just muting his microphone every now and again here, just so I don't hear the feedback. Um, so say hello, Brandon. Hi everyone. How are you? I've been there listening you, for a long time, so happy to be back with you guys. So what are your thoughts here? Cutch back next year? Is that okay? I'm kind of with you, Gary. You know, the the pirate fan in me is like, we just finally got him back. But at the same time, it's it's what you guys were saying in the offseason. And DK was saying the same thing. Don't expect the cutch you remember. Don't expect that MVP cutch. And, and I think that you're seeing Shelton has trust in him. So he's continued to run him out there. And at this point, he probably does need a break. And at the same time, you want him back next year, but I don't think you want him in that prominent of a role. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with it ultimately. It really is tough, man. Jim, I know you're as 412 as anybody, brother, but it, the the yins are in you has to say no way. Like Koch is coming back. He wants to play here. They want it. They want him to play here. I know for a fact he's playing here. 
if he wants to play at all. Right. We we all know they've made it's the worst kept secret in Allegheny County. They're yeah. gonna <laughs> they're gonna that we're getting toilets downtown. I mean that's the two <laughs> things we know, right? Kutch is coming back. We're getting toilets downtown. Both of them are going to take care of the same problem, a new place to crap, right? So, like, <laughs> all I'm saying is... Uh, eloquent as always, Gary. All I'm saying is we know Kutch is coming back. Yeah. I think my big issue is trusting Derek Shelton to use him properly. Where are you at on this? I mean, like, if you he's know, on the bench, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to have to be a really reduced role. Um, and, and, and if he wants to come back, uh, I will, I will, I will be okay with it if it is in fact in that role, but you know, you want, look again, all these numbers are great and, um, to look at, but, but if you're watching games and you're watching how the ball's coming off his bat and he's not really catching up to some fastballs now and, and you're not seeing the jump off of it to left center that or I'm sorry, excuse me, to right center that he used to get, yeah. even when he gets those pitches to hit. So, you know, hey, look, he's 37 in October. And I, I, I think people really disregard that. A lot of guys age differently. And let's face it, Kutch hasn't been the Kutch we all know and love in a long time anyway. Yeah. So I, I just think that this is where we're at. I, I, you know, if he wants to come back, I'm okay with it. But I, I would definitely think that it's got to be in a much more reduced role. If you're rolling him out next year for 450 plate appearances, something's gone really wrong. Um, I mean, Eric, on top of them being vocal about it, you know, and, and really leaving nothing to mystery. If, if they had any inkling that Kutch was retiring, you know, they'd be exploiting every ounce of it. Right. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that no doubt. A, that was a really good point you made today, Gary. I was like, you're right. We would know. We would know. They would be. Yeah. You'd absolutely know. And I think for on both parts of that equation, I think Kutch would want those flowers. And I think the team would, would obviously want financial benefit of it. So, oh, Greg, Greg Brown would love those flowers. You oh, my God. Me? Oh, my God. He, he'd be <laughs> weeping every time he had an RBI. It would be incredible. <laughs> Matt, Matt Caps would want to eat those flowers. Stakes with the amount of blood on his cheeks from crying every time he did. Uh, be incredible. So, Eric, where do you come down on it before we say goodbye to you? I come with, uh, yeah, if he's going to be there, it's got to be, like Jim said, a, a definite limited role. He's, you know, if he's taking 450 plate appearances, you got a problem. But uh, a bench guy, I guess. Yeah. I'll throw one caveat in before we say goodbye to you. Okay. My only caveat on it would be if it is an un, an unannounced injury, like let's say he's got a loose body in his elbow and, and they just don't want to talk about it. Right. And they could fix that. And that means he can play the field every now and again. Like I think we all can see he should be capable of then that changes him a little bit. Now you don't have to take his bat out of the lineup so that you can get somebody else in there all the time because he has some options. That changes it a little bit for me and makes it a little bit more easy to swallow. But if he's literally just a DH, I'm sorry. It's it's a stretch. And if it was anybody other than Kutch, I'd tell you no. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough to talk about. 
Yep. Yeah. It is, man. But that's what this is about. We got to challenge things that are, that are comfortable for people and, and make ourselves uncomfortable. How else do you learn? Let's go ahead and say goodbye to Eric. Thanks for jumping on, brother. For real. Hey, Eric. Later, guys. See you. See you, buddy. All right, Brandon, say hello. And what topic do you want to talk about, my friend? Uh, hello, everyone. It's great to see Graves back. I started listening to you guys in the summer of 2021. So I want to say I was right around episode one. Oh, wow. So it's great. Oh, to see you That's awesome. old Jim. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, um, what I want to talk about is something that I saw you uh, reposted or whatever they want to call it on Twitter now. Uh, Gary, and it's something I noticed, and that was MLB Pipeline's top 10 farm system ranking came out. And you've got the Pirates clogged with almost the rest of the NL Central at two through five. Yep. How are yep. the Pirates going to separate themselves moving forward? Because it looks like everybody's bringing up that young talent, except for the Cardinals. But let's be honest, they'll figure out a way to restock quick as well. Yeah, one would think, except the Cardinals are actually in – I think a little bit of trouble this off season. They have no pitching staff beyond Miles Michaelis, and they have to buy it all, unless they believe in Liberator, which I'm not sure they do. I don't think they have anything else. They're probably going to have to look at getting three free agents. Mets might even be one of the guys they they have to run out there next year. I think they've got some issues. It's last year with uh, Goldschmidt. You know, I could see Arenado wanting to opt out after next year if it looks like they're going to enter a rebuild. So we'll see. I think the pitching aspect of what the Cardinals have going on is kind of scary. But the other teams, yeah, the Reds are up there. A lot of their guys haven't graduated, so that's a little bit scary. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like the Pirates are in a good spot, but the NL Central is set up to be super competitive this this entire decade. Graves, what do you think? It's a uh, it, it's tough because uh, I was looking at you know at that as well and and seeing you know everybody uh, lined up there and and I I still think the Pirates are in a good position, um, you know, getting Owendo Cruz back is is going to be is going to be huge. Figuring out you know where he's going to be at, um, it it regardless, it's going to be an exciting time, um, and. You know, you just hope that uh, that uh, the coaching can get some of these fundamentals under control. You hope we can get back to stealing bases. You hope you know that they're they're pulling the pushing the right buttons and and getting everybody to achieve the how we're uh, that we need to achieve. And and these mental mistakes have got to stop. It's 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 going to be a challenge every year. But there's things that that can be cleaned up and need to be. And uh, and you know we'll just kind of go from there. Jim, two years ago, I would have said the same thing about the AL Central, and I was wrong. So <laughs> there's yeah. no guarantee with prospects. You know, the pipeline yeah. is the pipeline. But I think, you know, when you look at the teams and, and kind of where they are right now and, and there's certain amounts of youth movement, you get the impression that just augmenting them with a few wins here and there um, developmentally, and, and those teams will all kind of hang in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It, look, I mean, rankings are rankings and, you know, that doesn't guarantee anything. But when you start seeing like four out of the top five, well, yeah, you might have a problem Yeah, uh, coming real soon. 
And the other thing that I think people, you know, might not be thinking about when you talk about these other teams is in the division is that you're, you, you do have some teams that have, have in the past and will in the future add payroll when it is necessary. You know, they might not spend it right, but like, you know, we already know the Cardinal. Look, I'm already penciling in Blake Snell as a Cardinal. So, I, you know, I just that that looks right to me um, because those are the kinds of guys they go out and, and get. Um, the Reds will add payroll. They will. They've done it in the past. The Cubs will do it at, at some point. So, like, again, those are the big factors here, too, is, you know, the Brewers have always, always been a little bit more, I think, um, fiscally responsible. Um, but even they have creeped up every once in a while. So, like, that's the factor, too. I mean, th- these other teams aren't just going to stand pat and not and not add. They, they, they absolutely will. Right. I totally agree with you on Blake Snell, too. That's such a great freaking call, brother. Oh, dude, I, I'm just as, <laughs> as much as I, that's the, the that's the cardinal way, though. They go out, they ID risk free guys and they go let someone else. They take them off other teams and then they give them the money. There's very little downside there. You know, they've done that with everybody. Right. Brandon, that was a great question, man. What is your observation about it before we let you go? And we're saying hello to James Littleton and Adam Yarkovsky. I had to have them on at the same time. I'm sure right now they understand exactly why I held the bat. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it and, and I'm with, with you guys. If you, you've got to be able to supplement from the outside, you have to be willing to take that step forward. With the payroll, you know, all we've heard is we're saving the money, we're saving the money, we're going to spend it. You know, this is an off season; they're going to have to actually do it because yep. I think it's it is going to be a very competitive division. And having lived in Reds country before, they don't mind spending; they'll get rid of it quick, but they will spend. And so will the Cardinals and the Cubs. So it's it's one of those you're going to have to actually put up or shut up with it. And Brandon, I'm sure that the reason you're able to deal with uh, Pittsburgh Pirates August and September's is because you're usually bracing yourself for dealing with all of our screaming brats again for an entire year. So um, yeah, you're, used to hearing, you're used God. to hearing what goes on God on social media. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this nothing is nothing can touch me, that. So. Yep. Thank so, hey, thanks for stopping by, brother, for real. It was really good to see you again, and we'll definitely have to have you back soon. Thank you. Bye, Brandon. Care, Bye, guys. All right. Look at these two jokes. I know I already lied and said. <laughs> Trouble. Jeez. I know I already oh, my said Graves was the star. <laughs> but, but here is James and, and Yark, and Yark can't control his camera immediately. <laughs> so he's kind of dropped off. James, here you are. You get to you get to set the tone for how your whole conversation with Yark goes because yep. he couldn't handle technology. <laughs> so. Yark, uh, James, he's Yark took one look at you and he just bolted. That's, he did. That's, that's kind of that's the kind of impact you have on him at this point. He's hiding his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> so James, how you doing, brother? And uh, if you want to say anything about the show, have at it. If not, bring up the topic. Yeah. Doing great. Missed you guys. It's been a while since I've been on. I'm happy to be back. It has. Yeah, it has, brother. We've been too busy, like, do- hanging out in the real world instead. Yeah. <laughs> Looking so- for my golf balls. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I think Yark might have broken his phone or been kidnapped. Somebody call <laughs> KDKA or Marty Griffin. He'll get to the bottom of it by, by walking around for 25 minutes telling you he's going to walk. That's how he'll investigate it out and figure it out for you. So, James, what topic do you want to talk about, brother? Um, I had one in mind, but I changed my mind. Um, what I was thinking was there are obvious holes on this team. Um, but and a lot of people were talking about how the Pirates need to spend money. But they don't necessarily need to sign their free agents. Uh, with the glut of middle infielders we have and with the upcoming 40-man crunch, how many of those middle infielders do you think we could trade this offseason to acquire some pitching and a, perhaps a first baseman? I'm going to tease something up here before before I move on. I, You better be right when you pick those. And I'm not sure we've seen enough of all of them to, to make that educated decision quite yet. That said, Jim, it's undeniable. There's too many guys, right? Yeah. You know, we got Nick Gonzalez is eating AAA pitching for breakfast right now, doing things that he didn't do. 17% K rate right now. I mean, this yeah. dude's got a 900 plus OPS. He's crushing it down there. Um, Juwan Bay is hitting the ball again. It looks like he's healthy. It's time to start. He's slapping the ball around again instead, instead of trying to power everything over the right field wall. It There's some guys we need to see yet, right? How do you make a decision like that? And yet, you know, that's where you've got a lot of valuable merchandise you could move. Yeah, I mean, it, look, um, I think at some point you're just going to have to make some decisions and hope you're making the right ones because the time is coming to where you can't wait a whole lot longer. Um, and if you haven't found those answers, well, that's on you. And, and, you know, so if you're going to, if you're going to move guys, I, I will say this though, you know, like, yes, you know, has Piguero really impressed me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Am I, am, am I certain that Piguero is, uh, is a piece that, that is totally legit? No, not yet. But again, they've got to make some decisions at some point. You can't keep all these guys. You can't put yeah. them all on the 40 man. Um, so I think I just, it's worth reminding people what Rodolfo Castro did at the same kind of stage right. that Pagaro's in right now. I do think of that all the time. Yeah. So Graves, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great question for, from James. I mean, it, and it's been, such, yeah, I know, I know. It, and it's something we've got to see. And I, you know, we, we've started to see it. A little bit with Castro being traded, with Swaggerty being released, but I would like to see a lot more. I mean, just make a decision, you know, trade some of these guys before we absolutely know what they're going to be, and you know, just just press your luck a little bit. If we can trade somebody yeah. and get a starting pitcher or a first baseman that's going to be here for and help us for years then it's not such a bad idea because, you know, our, our biggest thing is they say they're going to spend. Are they going to spend? Um, and if they're not, then they need to start trading some people. I, it, it absolutely has to happen. Got to spend one way or another. You either got to spend yep. money or you got to spend prospects. Right. Yep. James, 
let me ask you, I'll, I'll flip the script on you and ask a question. I have extra time because you are flaked out. So, <laughs> um, when I, when, when you talk about like trading this glut, which ones do you think really have value? Like Nick Gonzalez has some value, right? You don't really know what he is quite yet. You're based on potential a little bit. He's got a hundred bat sample size in major leagues enough that people can see a little bit of the power potential. And then he's done enough in AAA that they can see a little bit of, okay, there's some fixable things. Hey, he showed us he could learn. Look at that 17% K rate after he got set back down, right? You're able to kind of project that he's okay. Peggy's hitting the ball. Are any of them going to really return what you want? Um, I think that they have value. Um, I think you you have to pack you may you have to package them with something. I don't think you're gonna just do a one for one for a a star a quality starter with three years of uh, team control left for a straight up for Pagaro or or Bay. I think you're just you're gonna have to put some pieces together to. But I think the easiest fo- place to find a piece is from the middle infield, a, a good piece. I think Nick G's all got. Um, I think uh, with the speed and havoc that he can create on the base paths that base showed what he could do at the beginning of the season until he got off track. And I mean, the biggest piece is lower, a little bit lower down. Obviously, you could always, if you really had to make a big play, I hate to do it, but you could always got Termar, who doesn't have to go in the 40 yet. But I mean, he's probably got the... If Termar is involved, it's got to be a big have, piece. You have it's got to be huge. It's a it's a pitcher likely, right? With yes, three years of control. Yes, absolutely. You're not doing that for somebody that's going to be here for a year or two or something. No, that, that's it's that's, got it's got to be high quality. And to be fair, I mean, there's not many teams willing to give those up. Yeah. Because the other thing people aren't talking about here, Jim, is we've got other pieces like Dario Lopez is going to come off the IL next year. And that's a kid that really, really could have a future in the middle infield. Chang looks really, really good. Termar Mm -hmm. Johnson is somebody that we just brought up. There's a lot of that going on down there. And we got lower level pitchers, which I think we shouldn't forget are very valuable too, like Sean Sullivan and, you know, people that maybe we don't think are going to bring. We don't think you're going to be here next year, but we could mortgage some of the distant future in an effort to get something for now, a la the Pittsburgh Penguins. You, look, you're going to have to try to see it through because it might not go exactly the way you want to, you know, and, and I don't think it has obviously gone exactly the way the pirates wanted it to so you're gonna have to try to make that up i think you're you you, you the bigger question you were asking is is are any of these guys gonna solve anything about what you're gonna get back right yeah and and if you have to go and if you have to go with like a, the tamar johnson types well i i don't know that i think they're too risk averse for that i agree so you know um but we can't hang on to just you can't prospect prospect hug forever. True. So yeah, I think I think it's the obvious place to look. 
is that middle infield. And I still think the obvious place to look for what, what you'd want to look for is some kind of, you know, get, get more, get as many arms as you can. That, that would be, that's always my thing. Here's the funny thing about it. I I think for 40 man purposes, they, they have to consider making some moves. You might as well knock out some of your needs at the same time. Right. Right. So it makes sense. Like just from a team construction standpoint, but I am under the impression that Ben Charrington thinks he's kind of creating a never ending well of prospects. I really do believe that that's what he hopes is happening. When they talk about opening a window, I don't believe he, he ever has said that and he won't say it because I don't think he wants to open a window. I think he wants to open competitiveness, wants to keep it here and kind of have it replenish itself repeatedly. And that may be faulty thinking, but I think at the end of the day, it's probably going to be what prevents them from ultimately yeah. making some of these moves. The ones that they aren't forced to just from procedural 40 man needs. And so I, think arc, that, I think that sounds great on paper, but you know, the execution of that is so difficult. Anyways, yard it's never worked, so, Jim. It's never yeah. worked by the best run organization in baseball. Tampa yeah. does it. It's yeah. not going to work here. Just saying. And plus, fan base here will not like it. And they've already screwed it up by signing Reynolds, if that's what they really wanted to do, to be honest with you. Like, you you start signing people to long-term deals, you can't do that. It just won't work. And and I know they're going to go after Keller as well, and they should. But it's it's already going to be a window because of that. Well, well, look who decides to finally join (laughs) us. Yark's back. You can't leave me on hold for an hour. We should probably take everything to work. We did, but I, you know, listen, sometimes you have to do a loyalty test, brother. I just have to see how into this you were. So, so you proved, you proved that you were loyal up to the point where I kept you on hold for an hour. And then as soon as I brought you on, you were going to disconnect, but you did. I get it. Um, you know, a kid came by and swiped the phone off the table. So I understand you, Jim asked an interesting question here. So no, I don't your, believe it. It's your oh, Jim's, Jim's good at that. You should you should answer this question. Okay. James, James had a good question, not Jim. Sorry, I always do. Oh, that that I believe. Yeah. So it was about it was about uh, trading some of the glut of middle infielders, and I know that's something you've talked about before, as far as getting guys back and everything. And I kind of reposed the question, well, what do you think these guys are really going to return? Like, who do you think is that big chip? I know for you, that's probably Termar Johnson. You don't have nearly the bristle that we do about that. But, <laughs> but really, what would Nick Gonzalez return you? Would he really help you get that need? No. No, I don't think any of those guys that they have right now are going to bring anything big back. Um, you know, <laughs> And, and really, prospect looking- boards and whatnot. So it's not as though it's not as though they're they're fresh and cleany and com- and completely shiny, and you don't know what's inside the package. You've seen it a little bit now. Yeah, and again, and then automatically, it's like taking a new car off the lot. Not to steal a metaphor or anything off you. As soon as you drive it off the lot, it loses value. You know, once you start seeing these guys play, and you know if they're not completely crushing it, then. You know, they're they're going to lose value right off the bat, right? And then, and then you don't want to trade them. 
They have to. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Who wants to trade the guy that's doing great in the majors? Right. They have too many of them, though, clearly. So they're going to have to end up moving some of them. Not everybody can play first base. Not everybody can DH. Not everybody can move to the outfield. Not everybody can play second base or third base. You, you got to bounce guys around and whatnot. So they're going to do that a little bit. At, at some point, somebody's going to have to fall on the grenade and play first base. Right. What do you well, do? Well, you know who. You know who. Number <laughs> Jack 10. Selinsky. Number 10. No, Jack Selinsky. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my question is why are they moving 10 to first base and why is it the best move they could possibly make for the long term of his contract? <sighs> now, you see why we had to have Yark back on the show. James, I know that you have just pulled all your hair out. You had a full head when, when you came on before Yark said that. Um, but for real, who could they move to first base feasibly this off season and have it have a reasonable chance of working? I mean, they're not going to do it, but Indy can move there. But obviously, he's going to catch. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Tri- Triolo there for a bit. I think he's got a glove that could move across the infield. And Hayes, the Triolo, wouldn't be too bad of gloves on the uh, corners. Yeah. So, I mean, I really think that's a spot. I mean, I'm a fan of them picking up a free agent. They're like a CJ Crone, but if they have to move somebody, then I would I would look at Triolo or and have Endy do it twice a week. Just to See, give I'm his- a nutbag. I my ideas are crazy. I'd move Nick Gonzalez over there or Jack Sawinski. Um Jack Sawinski because I want G1 Bay in center field to get him. I, 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 yeah, that makes sense. And and um, I don't think Jack Swinski's arm plays out there. I just don't long-term. I don't think he's a center field. He sure field. plays at first though. Yeah. Well, it could play at first or maybe he's like Josh Bell and can't throw that kind of throw. Yeah. You know? and, and that's probably one of my biggest complaints about Charrington. He doesn't look into the future. You know, why don't we still have somebody that's really a lock at first base. Why, you know, why have once again, you know, we traded our, our, you know, like for example, Rich Hill, we don't really have anybody, you know, we've seen so many people. We don't really have anybody that's been able to step in and replace him. And I, I, and, and that was my thing about, you know, Andahar DHing next year. Let's, let's, you know, let's, See if it's even an option. Let's let's give him a try. And that's probably my that that is my biggest complaint about Charrington so far. He he he's living in the moment right now and not thinking thinking down the line. And and you absolutely have to trade some of these prospects because uh, uh, you know when when I think about making a trade, it's not about necessarily winning the trade. Let's make it, you know, it, it can be fair for both sides. Sure. And, you know, if we get something that's going to help us and we have to give up, you know, two or three middle infield prospects, whatever, then 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 so be it. But can we it, still tweet please afterwards or do we have to not do that? Because <laughs> That to me is the whole thing about trades. You have well, to tweet, tweet fleece immediately. That's no fun. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'll, putting a I'll push back on the Anduhar thing. And I love you, Graves, but I got no use for Anduhar at all. And, and, and I'm not um, saying I'm not saying he's the answer. 
but I'm not claiming that you are. Yeah, I, and, just, I, and I I'm, know you're not. I'm just and, further explaining why I have no use for him. I, and, the and I understand. Thing, the exact thing you're asking to see, we just saw. They just did then, that at the end of 2022. Then he, been then he should have been traded at the deadline. If he has no use here, he should have been traded at the deadline. I just don't think anybody wanted him, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I'm sure they put him the Yankees. on waivers. You know, like you know? he well, got your waivers. And let me let me push back a little bit on James here, because I, I think if you've got a guy like Trillo, and I, I I think you're taking a guy that provides all kinds of value in a certain role, I think you're taking that value totally away from him and putting him in a spot where there's he's not going to offer a lot of value offensively, and I think that 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 is not the way I would go about it. So, you know, that's just my, that's just my, I think it's creating another problem and taking away from his, his, what yeah, he's really good at. I see that. And, and I, I agree with you, Jim. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with, with Triola, but I think bouncing around the field will help him. Graves, your point about Anduhar, though, I get it. You want to see this year because he's killing it in AAA. Yeah, I mean, is he? Is he? Would he be a potential option? You know, I. I a lot you know, of people yeah. seem to think so. Sure, you know, I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily buy it, but I personally I, have seen enough, and yeah. and and I guess what I'm saying is, I'm fine with bringing him up. I don't want him to play the field. He's not a first baseman. He's not right. an outfielder. I don't even want to pretend I want to see that again. I don't. If he comes up, it's 4DH. If he kills it, say goodbye to Kutch. You can't have it. You can't have that and Anduhar. And if I have to put trust in one of them, even in a whole month of him killing it in the majors, guess which one I'm picking next year? And even if I didn't, I'd want a free agent that I trusted more. <laughs> I mean, and the yes. thing is, I, I said, Jim, I don't want to like just go, oh, the Pirates won't spend it. You're probably right. They won't. But I think at this stage, it's our responsibility to call them for it. This is what we should sure. do. Now, they may let us down. I'm not predicting they'll do it. But go get a real DH if you really need one. Like, you, I don't think See, you need it, one. I look yeah. at this roster and I'm like, we just talked about this glut of middle infield bats. Well, wouldn't one of them look pretty sweet there? I don't know. Like, maybe Nick Gonzalez isn't going to play in the field. Like, I, it just seems to me like they're, they're doing some weird roster things that just don't make sense to me. And Ann Duhar, I just almost want to help them from their own stupidity. Well, I think if you were not seeing him, you know what I mean? I think, I think if they had any plans on thinking that he might be something, you might've already seen him. Like uh, if it hasn't happened at this point, I just, I just don't think it will. So that's why I've kind of moved on from it is because I think they, they don't, they're, they're not interested in it. So, um, yeah, I mean, York, what do you have to say, man? You're, you're, dude, you're quiet. And this is weird for you. You're <laughs> well, super I'm in so much trouble. You guys need to send my wife, like all kind of flowers and everything else. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on into heart too. I just, um, I, I, he can't play defense anywhere. Kutch is clogging up that position. 
I just don't see it. I think as far as first base, there's not a real guy that's going to come in and step in in free agency. Maybe I think that they're going to do similar to what they did this year, but hopefully they upgrade it a little bit. You know, instead of uh, Choi, maybe they can bump it up a little bit and pay for a Brandon Belt to platoon with um, Joe. I mean, I think that might be a little bit much, but something like that. Same thing with the pitching, you know. Instead of Rich Hill, maybe it's James Paxton. It feels like all the signs are pointing to Santana. Just <sighs> they even had Greg Brown talk about it. <laughs> yeah. All the all Man. the things that you usually hear. It just it just feels that way. And the and the public comments from Carlos and his special relationship with O'Neill Cruz that everybody's pointing out and and he did I don't know if that's getting better space. All I'm saying is I can see it. And 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 it's okay if they do that. I'm okay with that, as long as starting pitching has been addressed. I, honest to God, I'd be okay with Joe and Rivas as long as the starting pitching is addressed. Need it's an, I agree. It's anything. really amazing. We've we've gone all this show. We've got all these guests on, and I think that that's maybe the first time starting pitching has been brought up. And uh, I'm kind of shocked about that because that is, hey, that's a Gary. We've already got a, another good topic for another show. I mean, we only wanted it to be an hour and twenty minute show <laughs> instead of a two hour show. So, yeah, yeah. But hey, Yark, James, thank you so much. You guys are a big part of everything we do here, and I I can't say enough how much I appreciate you both. Thanks and for both, having me. Both good. Thank dudes. you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, good dude. Oh, inside, you don't have uh, to lie. Inside, James uh, is all right. Out. So uh, hey, we'll say goodbye to you guys. Thank you very much, and uh, right. see you next week, Gary. See you, fellas. Bye bye. All right, and Graves, that leaves you. You're the last one that really didn't get to t- to say what the show means to you and everything. And since you helped us start it, why don't you go ahead? Well, I I am just very proud of of you both. You know, we we started out just the three of us, and. And every time I think about it, I, I think of how proud my grandmother would have been to, to see me sit here and do this. You know, it yeah. it, uh, it makes me very proud. And she would have been proud um, that I was on here with you guys. You guys mean so much to me. And I'm proud to be here on your 100th episode. I love you guys. And it's great to be back. And you guys are just the best. Oh, you're awesome, Graves. Oh, yeah. and very no, sweet. Um, Thank you. R&P to grandma and Snapdragon at the same time. Because yeah, I, w- I was very proud of Michael for wearing his seatbelt. I, I meant to say that to him. <laughs> Thank you, Michael, for wearing yeah. your seatbelt. Yeah. It's so awesome. Uh, Graves, you've been a big part of this whole thing. And uh, I like to think of you as the conscience of this show. You know, <laughs> when Jim and I are feeling it's really fair. negative, I tend to think ab- about what Graves would have had to, to add in here and how she would have pulled me back from the, from jumping off the cliff on certain things here and there. And I've just always appreciated that. And you've always been steadfast with the fundamentals. You've always talked about that and the coaching and thank you at, at your yeah. core. I think what, what always has set you apart is that I think at your core, you believe in, in, in these people to do the right things. And, and even as they let you down, you tend to bounce back with them anyway. And I, I just can't think of anything that says Pittsburgh Pirates fan more than that. So thank you. you mean the world to us and the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank You're, you both. 
you uh, you you're always very positive, and in a day and age like we are in, um, sometimes I think we all need a little bit more of that. And you do it in other ways too. It's not just baseball. And um, I think you're a sweetheart, and I'm so glad to have met you and had you, you know, Likewise. be along be along this on this journey with us, and you will continue to do so. Thank you so much, guys. I love you. All right. Bye, Graves. And Jim, what do I say, man? Best co-host ever, brother. I mean, we talked, we already told a story earlier about how you and I like just could jump on with absolutely no prep whatsoever and do a pretty banger show. So yeah, but there's just nobody like you out there. I mean, you're the best. And, and I picked you blind from Twitter. I mean, literally just us talking on Twitter. I was like, this dude is not insane. Let's see how it goes. (laughs) And and it has just taken off, brother. It's been really good. And um, even my mom thought that you and I had known each other for 15 or 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've had many people say that. And um, yeah, I mean, our friendship started really right when this show started and, and you reaching out and, um, you know, it, it was just, uh, I thank you for reaching out and cause it's nothing I would have probably done on my own. And, um, uh, you know, you know, no one loves baseball in this city more than me. And I yeah. hope people, I hope people get that through, through, um, through you know either either social media or this or this uh this podcast we do but man just like today you're seamless all these guests come on i just sit here and wait for to talk and you do it all and um yeah man appreciate everything let's do let's do another hundred more we will man first uh i just want to officially thank uh dolly and dayon for believing in me i was nothing more than just um some dude who subscribed to the site and and had some some comments every once in a while that I struck up a relationship with Dayon and and this all came to be um big I mean he didn't even have a podcast network when we started doing this so like, yeah um really we're cool. still here no really cool that he that he not only let us kind of have a sandbox to turn this into whatever we wanted He's never once told us how to do the show. He's never once come in and told us what we can or can't talk about. He's never corrected anything we said. He's never told us who we can or can't have on the show. It's just couldn't have been a a more easy thing. And to all the people that we've worked with along the way, producer Eddie that we worked with forever. And incidentally, you stick around long enough here. There's going to be another live stream tonight because they're doing the pirates pod to be named later. He and Alex stump tonight. So, yeah. But producer Eddie was real big on getting us off the ground and man, and it's been a it, journey, brother. It has. And to anybody that interacts with us, comments, just silently sits there and watches because that's what they're comfortable doing. You're still just as big a part of it as anybody else. And yep. um, to all the people I meet at games and come up and say, hi, thank you. Thank you for everything. Gary and I really appreciate it. And we're, I- I'm honored to do it. I know you are too. Yep. If you ever want to be on the show, reach out to us in DMs. We'll definitely do that. Smash that subscribe button. Hit that little bell so that you can go ahead and get notifications every time it comes up. Keep growing this network because, hey, the, the more you help grow this network, the easier it is for people to find us. 
Thank you all so much again for uh, inviting us into your homes a hundred times. And uh, thank you, Ben. Take it away. Take it away, buddy. Hundredth time, my little my little friend. Yes, you, Pat.